0: yourself in the Beachview area of Pittsburgh? Check out the official pizza of this show, Slice on Broadway, sharing an abnormal obsession with pizza we can relate to. Check them out at SliceOnBroadway.com and tell them this show sent you hungry but I ain't yet. cocktail Never
1: said I'm animal
0: Hey guys, it's the Indie Mayhem Show, episode 79. Mike Sorg at Sorgatron on the Twitter from the Mayhem Studios, live in Pittsburgh, PA. And uh, with me on the line, as usual, is Eamon Payton. He's the voice of Inspire Pro Wrestling. I love since we started calling you that these last few weeks lately.
2: (laughs) It's a nice, more more catchy title. Because it's easier for you, I know, because it's like... You, i know you kind of flip between like well my play by player color i know it's a confusing thing Is he
0: just simply voice works usually like the guy yeah the voice the voice of he's the guy down there talking about the thing and and, and the stuff and everything uh, and of course me up here i'm doing a bit of video work with the uh, iwc rwa some video production and including something involving virgil next week maybe we'll discuss that here uh coming up on the show uh, but uh of course we got a great great guests coming back. We had him back on the Wrestling Mayhem Show, J-Rock, we're going to be talking to in a minute. Uh, but in the meantime, please go check out WrestlingMayhemShow.com as the first time, uh, maybe, if you've come across this show. we got so many more shows going on, talking about all aspects of pro wrestling and all the shows going on these days. Of course, this is dedicated to independent pro wrestling out there uh, these days as well. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, Radio, YouTube, and, and all kinds of places I can't even think of right now. And please, you can also drop us a line your thoughts people we need to talk to questions if we we're uh, announcing in advance who's, who's coming on the show at uh 412-206-WMS0 is the hotline and at goodtimesatwrestlingmamshow.com is the email address please also check out our friend basic sickness at basic if you dig the music at the beginning and end of this show uh he does a lot of cool stuff and actually has a new album in the works i'm really looking forward to see uh what comes out from that so let's get with it uh uh, this is a guy, again, we've had him on Wrestling Mayhem Show a long time. He's one of the guys, you know, we, we, you know thinking back when I started uh, checking out local independent wrestling, he was a part of the Cleveland Mafia with some, some guy named Ray Rowe. But I give it up one time for the man, uh, according to his Twitter, the king of Cleveland, J-Rock. How you doing tonight, sir? What's up, fellas? How's it going, baby? How's it going? It's going good. Fantastic. It's going good. It's been a while, man. Hey, it's been
1: a while since I've been doing the thing, you know? I've kind of been persona non grata for most of, uh, let's see, 2011 through mm-hmm. 2015. It's only been, you know, 12, 15 months, but I've been back at this now, so.
0: Good to see but you. I'm back. Good to see uh, you out got there. That right. I want to talk a little bit about that, maybe a little bit about that uh, your days with Ray Ray, a little bit as well, uh, and and so much more. But first, we we like to kind of like kind of a little get to know you question here uh, because you know, independent wrestling. Not everybody knows everybody on these shows, uh, but but you know, what is the first thing that kind of got you into wrestling? Like, what was maybe the thing you saw on TV in person and says I'm I'm kind of hooked on this thing? Oh,
1: man. Um. I don't know about any one thing in particular, just wrestling in general, man. When I was probably, I don't know, five, six years old, whatever, whatever the age is that you can remember things, mm-hmm. that's the age I remember my dad sitting me down in the living room. And showing me pro wrestling for the first time. And uh, that was it, man. I mean, I was done for and, uh, it's been, it's been crazy ever since, man. I was the kid in school that got in trouble for doodling wrestling stuff in my notebooks when I should have been paid. Even though, I mean, I was a, I was a straight A student. So like my problem was. I had too much time on my hands, and I spent that time thinking about wrestling, and people used to always tell me that wrestling stuff's never going to get you anywhere, but I'll be damned if I didn't make a life out of it at the end of the end of the whole thing.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so what brought you, what, what bridged that? Was it just that kind of, uh, I don't want to call it an obsession in a negative term uh, of pro wrestling, but a healthy obsession in the long run, it turns out. Uh, what what bridged that from like being into it to getting into the ring?
1: Oh, no, no you mean... Oh, at the very beginning? You don't mean, like, coming back. You mean
0: at the no, very beginning? No, no, I beginning. mean, yeah, what, 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 what brought you from being a watcher of wrestling to be a participant?
1: Yeah, okay, well, I mean, well, let's see. Um, crazy little story out of that. It's funny how life can take you one direction or life can take you another. I watched wrestling, you know, my whole life, and I went through, like, everybody. I went through that period, although I think most of us that become wrestlers don't really have that period where you stop watching wrestling. But I did have that time maybe from like 14 to 16, 13, 14, 15, in that area. And then I found wrestling again. You know, every kid I think goes through that for a minute. But uh, most of us don't go through, you know, the ones that don't go away and never come back. And then the rest of us become wrestlers. But (laughs) I think I was about 17, 18, and I got a job working for a security company. And part of the thing was, You got a membership at this health club called Black's Health World here in Cleveland. And Mm -hmm. anybody that's old school Cleveland wrestling would know about Black's Health World. It was the place that JT Lightning, it was a ticket outlet for Cleveland All Pro Wrestling. So I went in there one day and there was a a sign on the wall, a poster on the wall for wrestling right across the street at the Variety Theater in Cleveland, Ohio. Which It's just an abandoned building now, but uh, it was it was the greatest place in the world to me when I saw it the first time because it was JT had this busted up little theater and turned it into like a, a little arena. It was anyways, it, it, you know, nostalgia makes things better than it was. But, but anyways, I couldn't believe that was the first time that I knew that wrestling existed other than WWF or NWA, whatever you saw on TV. I did not know that local pro wrestling existed. I could not believe that this was a thing and it was going to be right across the street. So I wrote down the phone number, called it. Of course, later I know that was JT Lightning, but this guy answers the phone. I'm thinking I'm calling the office. I had no clue that JT was like, (laughs) he just got home from delivering the bread truck and he was just, you know, running errands and answered the phone. And, you know, I'm thinking I called the office of Cleveland All Pro Wrestling and said, hey, how do you become a wrestler? I want to do it, you know, because I was, you know, all of five foot, whatever, and 300 pounds, you know, the world was just knocking on my door to come be a pro wrestler, man. But anyways, I called this guy and, uh, sure enough, he says, come on down. We've got a show this weekend at the West park party center. One of the places that JT always used to run his big shows. And uh he said, come on down. I do tryouts before the show. I can't remember how much it was. It was like, 50 or 100 bucks and if you stay and sign up for training it goes off your tuition and if you don't you don't get your money back kid and I don't take checks so bring cash and blah 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 and uh, I had no clue what to do I said okay I'll be there and uh, man I I didn't know what to do so I went out there and got me some leather gloves and I got me a vest and I got me a a little Kangol hat and I showed up like like you would walk in the door if you thought pro wrestling you didn't know what this was you're like man I don't know do I show up ready to fight or what man so so I showed up and I didn't know I'm 18 years old, man. What the hell do I know? And uh, <laughs> I got pushed around and bumped around a little bit. And, and that was a real simple little tryout. Take some buckles, take some bumps and, and give me your money. And, and if you, you know, JT, if you want to do it, come back down to the gym later, et cetera, and so forth. So I stayed and watched the show had no clue that this stuff existed, man. This is indie wrestling. And I'm like, get out of here, man. And and, and then I saw a craziness. It was a Ox Harley and Madman Tondo, just a stairway to hell or something. They were fighting ladders and barbed wire and thumbtack stuff I had never seen in my life. I said, these people are crazy, man. But <laughs> anyways, JT gives me this 20-page, I bet I could find it somewhere if I looked hard <laughs> enough, man, 20-page contract. He used to give it to everybody and it was a whole bunch of blanks and you signed it at the end and it was basically you gave JT lightning permission and he, he, he ended up stopped using it because eventually guys called his bluff and he couldn't, it didn't hold up, but mm-hmm. it basically said, I own you. You wrestled for me for no, it was zero. It was no dollar amount. It was as many times <laughs> as you want. And you can't, you couldn't take bookings outside of more than less than 300 miles away from Cleveland, which is the whole state of Ohio and beyond basically, you know, without JT's permission and all kinds of stuff anyways. But I thought this was a contract to be a pro wrestler, man. So I, I, I couldn't afford it. Cause he was, he was one, like whatever, same price they want now, 1500, whatever it is, you know, wrestling, wrestling schools don't go through inflation like everything else. But, uh and uh so I held on to this thing for, I don't know, a year or something like that. Cause I was just 18, 19, I think when I started with him. So anyways, one day, about a year later, somebody else comes across and said, hey, you still thinking about doing that wrestling? I said, yeah. They go, hey, I got this guy named Gary. And I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but there's this cat in Cleveland named G-Mo. And back when I broke in, which was uh, late 98, early 99, uh, early there was only two people in Cleveland that did wrestling. It was JT Lightning and G-Mo. And if you were a wrestler, you worked for JT Lightning, and the garbage wrestlers worked for G-Mo. I mean, it was no, no, that was the... Just, distinction. So anyways, but I didn't know that at the time. So I call this cat named Gary. Now JT just told me he wanted like fifteen hundred dollars and he needed three hundred of it up front and it was going to be a lot of work and I may never get a wrestling. Who knows, man? It depends if I'm any good. So this cat Gary comes along and said, No nah, man, I didn't like that JT Lightning. And listen, you give me fifty bucks, we take a van out to this guy's ring once a month, we roll around for a couple of hours. I'm willing to bet I can have you your first match in a month or so and I'll I tell you what, kid, I even put the TV title on you right off the bat if you could sell some tickets. But, you know, we ain't like JT Lightning. We don't make you do all this training and learn all this stuff you don't need to know. We'll get you in there. And we'll get you in there having matches right away. That, that sounds like and a I'm great like, idea. He goes, so, you know, and so he's like, you know, you could pay $1,500 or you could pay us $50, maybe 100 bucks, And you've got it, man. And you're all, once you're wrestling, you're off and running. Now I'm not going to lie. I'm sitting here, and I'm going, man, I'm 18, about to be 19. I'm going, man, okay, this guy wants a lot of money and the hard work. This guy's like, dude, give me 50 bucks, man. I'll slap you in the ring and blah, blah, blah. And I, I can't lie. Luckily... Fate took me the right way because I ended up going with JT Lightning because I'll tell you, we wouldn't be talking right now had I gone the other way for sure. And uh, uh, because of some of the people that I trained, wrestling history may be different because I'm just saying, man, GMO was not nothing to mess with. But anyways, (laughs) um, and then... I still didn't call JT right away. My brother and I were sitting there watching public access, uh, JT's little TV show one day on TV. And he goes, man, I'm sick of hearing you talk. He's my younger brother. He's like Mm. four years younger than me. He goes, I'm sick of hearing you talk about, you're going to do this wrestling. He goes, "I, I bet you won't do it. I said, I'll do it. I said, I just don't have the money. He said, bro, if you'd call, I'll pay for your first month's training. I dare you to do it. I said, dude, give me the phone. So I picked up the phone and gave a call and JT Lightning answered the phone. I said, hey, are you still doing training? He goes, you're in luck, kid. I've got a <laughs> bunch of open spots, right? It just so worked out that way. that he had a bunch of open spots and he was even cutting a deal. I could get in right off the bat for 75 bucks and then pay him whatever, 50 bucks a month for the rest of my life or whatever it was. So um, I said, I'm there. And boom! Two days later, my brother gave me the money. I went up there. I said, "Okay, I'm going. Give me the dough." He said, "Here you go," and uh, and there you go. And then my brother bet me my second month's tuition that I would never have an actual wrestling match. So my brother actually paid for my first two months of wrestling tuition because I got in the ring about six weeks later and had my first match. But that was it, man. And then, man, then it was off and running from there. But it was a crazy ride. And there was no internet back then. There was no nothing, man. Like I said, I didn't even know indie wrestling existed until that time
0: and and that's cleveland all pro that's um a a very uh, it comes up in conversation all the time i've I've worked up there with with prime wrestling and and seen it some aiw and you know we talk with so many people that that, that do the shows up there um but but that was like kind of the fed up there for for a long long time right That's all there was. Mm -hmm. I mean,
1: that's all there was in Cleveland, and then CWA was the the other one, and that was just the guys that didn't know how to wrestle. I mean, seriously, that was your your GMOs, your Spanish Flies, your Psycho Mikes, and all those guys. (laughs) Lixie Sack, you know, some of the best names in indie wrestling, man. You know, a who's who of (laughs) trash bag wrestlers.
0: (laughs) And unfortunately, (laughs) that's definitely something that that comes up uh, a a lot these days, too. So, so... (laughs) So, so from well, there, I'm just saying, if you ever want to see a definition of trash bag wrestling,
1: look up the Spanish fly, Angel Spanish Torres, fly. man. I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> I just dropped names on you, brother. Go look up some Lixie sack best ofs, you know?
0: awesome awesome all right well so so now now i'm mostly familiar of course with your time down here in 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 pittsburgh as the cleveland mafia with ray row um yeah. yeah which was you know a, a tremendous time i know you guys you know came down with the browns gimmick or the browns colors gimmick at least and uh you know really kind of ran down pittsburgh but but still kind of gained the respect uh you know great four-way matches i wish there were there was talent to do that again these days uh i think at the time it was like uh 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 Sexual harassment and uh, I don't know some combination of Gory and Shima and and, and the Gambinos, right? Uh, how did you get, how did you find yourself in Pittsburgh in in uh, in IWC at the time?
1: Man, um, okay, there's another good story. And I, as a matter of fact, I've told this a few times recently to young guys that I'm just kind of telling stories about uh, catching breaks and how you got to do whatever you know. There's certain Sometimes you got to do what you got to do and and I'll tell you how I got into IWC at the time and listen you guys know mm-hmm. that IWC and I and listen I don't know everything I mean I talked to to a uh, plumber, and and I hope to you guys will see me up there sooner rather than later but but besides all that I'm not most familiar of everything that's happened there in the last 4 or 5 years but I do know that it's it's a little different than it was at its Peak. Not that that's anything. I mean, nothing stays there forever. The DVD right. market, everything's different than it was when Norm was running it. It's not just to say one person did something better than the other, but it's it's, it's just working through a rebuilding phase. You know, two different people have owned it and it's got a different uh, uh, attack. And that's cool because you've got to go your own way with stuff. But you guys know that. At the time, especially, let's see, I started in 2004 at the Big Butler Fair, and I started trying to get in months before that. Think of how hard it was to get in. I remember when I started working for IWC, me, Cameron, Tracy, to so many guys. Like mm-hmm. MDOG, m gosh, we would hammer Norm to use Ray Rowe. It took like a year to get Ray Rowe in the door. We could never get Norm to book Mike Hutter, who's now the world champion, EC3. I mean, he just... It wasn't there. It took months for them to get McChesney in the door. It took months for me to get in the door. Like, it was hard for guys to get in because spots were limited. And, you know, I mean, think about it. The active roster was Punk and Cabana and all those guys coming in every month. Plus, she had all the regulars, you Mm -hmm. know? And so, uh, so anyways, uh, how I got in, and I tell guys this story, I just told it to somebody over the weekend. I said, man, you know how I got into IWC? I said, I sent tapes up and I sent messages to Norm and I never heard anything back. And I was, I was mad about it, man. I'm like, come on, who is this guy not to email me back? Like, just tell me, you know, Hey, I, I, whatever, you know, just answer me back. Don't blow me off. And Tracy, Tracy and some others at the time, almost every road trip would fly into Cleveland and we would do loops together wherever. I mean, Tracy and I were, we just went everywhere together for years. And so he started working again for Norm. So he came and flew into Cleveland and, stayed with me and he said, come on, we'll drive up to the show. So we went up there and somebody else was with us and I can't remember who, but on the way up, he said, look, I know you don't like Norm Connors. And Hey, I, I mean, I'll tell you at the time, I never thought Norm Connors and I would end up having the relationship we did because it ended up being very good. And I think that he's a, very much one of the best promoters that I've ever worked for, man. But uh, at the time you wouldn't have known it was coming there because we were kind of, on opposite sides of things, man. And we had similar personalities. And anyway, so, um, you know, anyway, so he goes, forget that. He said, you want to work up here? I said, yeah. He goes, I've been talking to him. He said, Cameron, you know, these guys, my friends have been trying to get him to use me. He said, when you get up in here, don't talk to Norm. Walk in, start putting up the ring, start putting up the chairs, talk to Norm after the show. He said, don't talk to him. Don't ask him if he needs help. Just go do it. And just go, go ahead. So boom. So I went there and, you know, I was, young in the business so you know that was great advice and i did that i just walked right in helped out whoever was helping with stuff i think sensation all those guys were young at the time doing that stuff you know and and boom we put it all up may have been the gambinos may have been under ring crew at the time you know all those guys probably around 2000 late 2003 early 2004 and uh boom i did that talked to norm after the show he took my tape and he kind of blew me off, but he at least introduced himself when we talked again and he took my tape. And then I came to the next show and it was at the CCAC. And what made me so mad was I loved that freaking building. The crowds were amazing. Remember some great matches, you know, Hammerkin and, uh, Tracy against Chesney and uh, and Jimmy Jacobs and just uh-huh. some some great stuff in that building. And of course, when I started with IWC, it was <laughs> my first show. It was the last show there. I never actually got to wrestle there. I just did an angle there and never got to wrestle in that freaking building because IWC never went back there. But anyways, went back to the next show. Norm this time talked to me a little bit and said, "Hey, I'll come up. Um, I've got some ideas. Keep coming up with Tracy, and I'm going to start using you. But I can't tell you exactly when." And it just so happened that the next month with the Big Butler Fair, I went up there and, you know, people no-showed or whatever. And he goes, hey, you're working Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Welcome to IWC. And then boom. <laughs> but then he told me later that had I not, he said, dude, I had everybody knocking at my door. Every indie wrestler wanted to work. You know, I'm getting tapes from everywhere. He said, had you not come in the first time and did what you did. And then came back the second time and talked to me after the show. You didn't try to talk to me before the show. When I was busy, you didn't keep jumping up and trying to get my attention. You did it the right way. But he said, if you hadn't done all that, I probably would have never talked to you. But because you did that, I watched your tape and then your tape was good. And I had these guys saying I should use you. And I said, okay, I'm going to give the kid a shot. And then I got in. But I mean, that's how it happened. And I tell guys all the time, you know, it's not an insult to go put up somebody's ring, man. It's paying your dues. And you would be amazed at the things that people notice. They go, Hey, man, and walking in and just helping out, not walking up to somebody and saying, Hey, what can I do? Cause then they'll say, Hey, don't worry about it. We got it. Just hang out and watch the show. Just go do it and then talk to the guy later. And so that was how I got in the big butler fair 2004. And, uh, and I was awesome running from there.
0: That was a, that was a big that one. Was a, uh, there's a lot of people that were on that card. Um, that's awesome. That's oh, yeah. awesome. Was that three way with, uh, with Candido and Punk and Smothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those awesome
1: match. Shirley Doe and them fought all up in the stands and everything. I remember that show. Mick <laughs> Foley was the ref.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed a pattern here because uh, last time when you were on, I think we had just had Ray Rowe one day before you, and uh, that has happened again. We had him on, actually, last month leading into Super Indie. I don't know how this happens. <laughs> <But> <laughs> hey,
1: man, you know, we, we, we just, you know, I don't know, man. We run in similar circles. I guess you got good taste. I don't know. You think of one, you think of the other. But I'll tell you what, if it was up to Norm Connors and Shirley Doe, you'd be calling us the Rock and Row Express. <laughs> I like that. Wow. Wow. No, no, you don't like that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 trust <laughs> me. You Cleveland geniuses came up with for me and Ray Rowe. They wanted to call us the rock and row express and, uh, somehow, and I get it because the Cleveland mafia, and I have to thank the Gambinos because it did step on the toes of their gimmick, even though it wasn't, we weren't doing any kind of mafia gimmick. It was just the name. And there was mm-hmm. a real life Cleveland mafia years ago. So that was what it was, but they let us use it, and then Norm said okay. But that was why they didn't want to go right. with it. But they uh, did want to go, and otherwise we would have been Ricky and Robert, man. Except mm-hmm.
0: not. Because <laughs> remember, for those who don't know, the Gambino brothers, longtime tag team, uh, Marshall Still Wrestling. Actually, they just did a reunion thing, I think, up at uh, Five Star Wrestling uh, North of the City here, um, where they, they were they were they the Gambinos Moving Company was they what they really originally were. Or they became the Gambino Brothers. <laughs> yeah so yeah oh, so, so they they came out and like dressed as movers basically and of course had that kind of like wise guy you know kind of mafia kind of feel um so that, that's awesome that's awesome um so as they say you, you, you you've you've been around a bunch of places i i didn't even realize just kind of pulling up some videos here for for the video version of the show here um i didn't realize that uh you, you popped up even in uh tna for a moment there
1: Oh, yeah, I had a- dozen dozen matches in t n a and uh you know on explosion and stuff like that. McChesney and I were going down there every other month for two years two mm-hmm. and a half years
0: awesome awesome <laughs> yeah. so 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 what are what are some other highlights um again, like I said, I mostly know your Pittsburgh stuff to be- you know perfectly honest um but but you've been around a bit. What are some other highlights uh that that, that I may not have come across here with you?
1: I don't know man I mean <laughs> and um I've wrestled all over the place I've been very fortunate and uh, I'll tell you what I realize that more now after going away and coming back just how fortunate I was the, the mm-hmm. first time around and uh uh definitely enjoying it even more the second time but I mean you know I, every indie place out there I mean I'll tell you what my WC run was one of my obviously one of my favorite places to work and uh, I have an incredible soft spot in my heart for them um, but I mean Indies all over I mean stuff that exists stuff that doesn't exist you know all the stuff that was hot at the times trying to work for IWA Wilds uh, or Mid-South and NWA Wildside and all those you know NBC Alphabet cheap promotions that have popped up over the years and mm-hmm. all of that stuff but I mean lots of stuff I mean whether I really one of the things I'm most proud of period is the guys that I've been able to help and that's that's the truth. One of my absolute favorite things in the business is training or teaching or anything, whether it's training a guy who comes to the gym from scratch or some indie guy who says, Hey, can I just start jumping in your car and, and talking and learning and all that, or to whoever I'm working with. That was one of the things that Norm Connors has said many times about uh, my time, all those years in the IWC. If you look, everybody that was coming up from the training school. All the young guys cut their teeth through me. If you look through the matches, you'll see that some of their first matches that were not against each other had me involved there one way or the other because he knew that I had a very good knack for working with young guys and being able to help them get through their their early matches and stuff like that. And it was great, man. I got to work with all those guys, Jimmy and Marshall and Mickey and, and Shima and Gore, all those guys coming up and coming through and more, you know, whatever. But teaching guys, man, is just one of my favorite things so I look at all the guys that I've helped whether it's formally or informally man you know I'll mean drop again seeing Hutter on TV with that world title is just freaking surreal man because Mm -hmm. I can tell you about the day he walked into my gym and said will you help me live my dream man and I said hell yeah brother and we were off and running and uh you know Mcchesney and Shane Taylor watching Shane Taylor just destroy Texas like he's doing right now you know that's another one that I that I trained. And I mean, watching those guys, man, that is, that is even cooler than anything that happens with me because I don't know, man, if you've got kids and I have kids too. So I love, you know, parenting, but if you've got kids or students, or if you're in anything like that, then you know what I'm talking about. There's nothing more rewarding than helping somebody watching them go out and do it themselves and just, feeling proud watching them man and I mean I feel so proud watching the Chesney, watching Shane Taylor. I'm telling you if you guys don't know what Shane Taylor's doing, you're missing <laughs> out because that was one place that Chuck and Norm and I disagreed Those guys did not see in Shane Taylor what was there in Shane Taylor. They kept wanting to use him as the bodyguard and, and, and Ray kept trying to force him in and it just, whatever politics and all that stuff. And, and then he started working other places, but, and Shane did it the right way. He said, Hey, if you don't see something in me, I'm going to go somewhere else and I'm going to make them see something in me. And then you're going to see something. And guess what? Before he left PA, they were booking him again in IWC. Chuck realized. Shane Taylor has got it going on. So that was kind of vindication for Shane right before he left and went down there to Texas. And then it's just been off and running because he's been able to just do wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. But anyways, that is like one of the, the most fulfilling things to me. And one of my favorite things, period, is doing that. And then being able to, you know, work with some of the guys that I have and do, I mean, shoot, man, that run with Ray Rowe. Ray Rowe is one of my best. And I've made all of my best friends in life through wrestling. And, I mean, it's a handful of people, whether it's Tracy Smothers, Ray Rowe, or John McChesney. I mean, I don't want to just leave people out. There's tons of guys. But, I mean, the relationship, that stuff is all just as good as everything else, man. And and then uh, and then to be able to leave it and come back, man, it's even better now, man.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so you saying you came back. And you left for a while, and you came back. Anything um, I, I you speak to of the, the motivations there? Oh God, yeah, yeah. I didn't want.
1: <laughs> first off, I didn't want to leave. It wasn't necessarily an active choice. It was the force of many things. And I'll right, be the first right. to admit that I'm not going to act like I was, uh, you know, the Grinch by the time I left wrestling. But man, I was definitely reaching that point where I didn't care too much for indie wrestling anymore, man, because. I had been doing it for 10, 11 years or however long it was at that point. And, you know, I mean, Hey, you know, things start to wear out anyway. So I was already reaching that point where I was getting frustrated. And the difference is, is that now in my life, like I realized that you, you just work harder and you work through that and you bust through that, you know, in the wrestling business, I, I can give you a good piece of advice that I've heard from some very, uh very wise people over the years, wrestlers, Good wrestlers that don't make it, it's not because they didn't get discovered. It's not because they didn't get their opportunity. It's because they quit before they did. It doesn't matter how long it takes. That's usually why the good ones that don't make it don't make it because they quit before that time came for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not to make excuses because it doesn't matter what was happening in my real life. Had I worked a little bit harder, pushed a little bit harder, who knows what would have happened. But, you know, conflicting forces you know I basically I started the radio thing and and really that was an accident I was supposed to be going to school for tv I said I want to learn how to do video editing so I can do some production work in wrestling and this way later on when I can't wrestle I can do that stuff and maybe I can get in the office somewhere doing video work or whatever and instead I fell in love with the radio while I was at school and next thing you know I got a job right off the bat at a radio station. And at first it was nothing. It was part-time and wrestling was great. They loved that I did wrestling at that time because I was just a a part-time board operator. But then I ended up getting put on as on-air talent. And all of a sudden... Everything changed, and the first time, <laughs> the first time I came to work as the news anchor, uh, it was less than two weeks into being a full-time news anchor. I had two wrestling shows over the weekend, and if you know me, I talk a little bit, and I was hoarse by the time I came to work on Monday. And I'm trying to do the news, and they were not happy at how awful it sounded, and I literally almost lost my job and was told wrestling cannot happen anymore. Now, my boss, my direct boss, was really cool, and he let me do the occasional. Small show that was so small nobody would know it happened because uh, <laughs> he knew that I had to do something. But seriously, they were very much. I had a talent contract at the time, and uh, just like you would in wrestling, man they they were very much. And it was a Christian conservative radio station. You know what I mean? They didn't mm-hmm. get pro wrestling at all, so they had no appreciation for that at all. So, anyways. That was part of it, and then I got banged up a little bit, too, in early 2011, and you put those things together, and you've got, you know, every relative that you've got saying, when are you going to stop doing that silly wrestling? Stop chasing that dream. When are you going to, you know, the radio station's doing this and that, and then, you know what I mean? And hey, again, life works out the way it does. Had I wanted it more, I probably, you know, would have pushed in the other direction, and of course, now I'm going, damn it, I made the wrong choice. I gave up. 31, 32, 33, 34. You know what I mean? Like, damn it, what was I thinking? But at the time, how are you supposed to do You know, that's right. the way life goes. And I thought I was done resting. And then, boom, all of a sudden, I part ways with my radio station. But I, I was allowed to take my radio show with me. So all of a sudden, I was my own boss. And I had my own business going. And it took me about a year to realize it. And then one day, I said, wait a minute why am I not wrestling? And it's because I was 315 pounds and I looked like a freaking grape. And there was no reason for me to, I had to get back in shape. I, I had, I said, if I'm coming back to wrestling, I, I'm not coming back to be good as I was before. I'm coming back to be better or I'm not coming back at all. And brother, You'll see this Saturday when I come back to Pittsburgh for the first time in a while. If you have not seen me for, I'm telling you, I'm superstar Billy Graham coming out of the desert with the snakes and the spiders and <laughs> look at the, look at the traps, look at the delts, look at the biceps. Brother, it's looking good. It's feeling good. No, seriously though, I have been, I mean, I'm seven days a week training like never before and I am, I'm in better shape than I ever was at whatever the best shape is. You saw me wrestling. I put that in the dirt in what I'm in right now. And Mm. I'm still pumping harder than that, man. I'm telling you, I like leaving for a while, coming back gives you a whole fresh perspective. And then, like I said, you don't come back after going away just to do something again. You're either going to do it better than you did before or you got no business coming back and doing it again. I sit Mm. here, brother, I'm 36 years old. I am in the best shape of my life, and I have got a whole hell of a lot of wrestling left to go,
0: man. But we were actually looking at, uh, while you are talking that we we brought up your Tough Enough video, uh, showing a little bit of your training and the shape you're in right now. Um, that seemed like some pretty oh, good timing that for That was
1: months ago. That was, that was months, months ago. ago. Let me tell you, man. I, I'm losing like seven pounds a day. No, oh, I'm geez. joking. <laughs> but every time I show up at the show, people go, dude, where's the other half of you at, man? I'm <laughs> telling you, bro, if you have not seen me since, let's see, last time I was in Pittsburgh was... Well, it wasn't Pittsburgh, but it was that, uh, retro show that they did, uh, back, what was that October that they did that, uh, where I wrestled, uh, Dravito, which was, a, uh, he's a good little dick. I'd love to wrestle him again. Um, I think that was back in October. I hadn't even started. I mean, I had been training, but I was like three months in. I was down from 315. At that point, I was down to like 275, but that was still 50 pounds. From where I'm at now, and not just pounds, but lean, vascular, all of that, brother. You ain't seen nothing. You're gonna be like, "Damn, j Rock, are you sure you're okay, man?" Yeah, brother.
0: I'm <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, uh, what are you watching these days? Are, are you? Uh, what, what do you? What, what's kind of caught your eye uh, uh, as far as uh, wrestling goes? Man, I'll tell you what. I did not watch a ton of wrestling
1: during the time. That, you know what? Tracy Smothers, and you guys know this if you've been oh, Tracy Tracy's yeah. a long time. You know that he's disappeared from time to time for a little bit. Every yeah. wrestler that's been doing it for 20, 30 years goes through burnout about every 10 years or so, and they've just got to get away, and they're done. And then they come back, and they get bit again, and then they're back, and then they're done. And JT Lightning always told me that, too. He goes, you'll burn out one day. You'll see. What... And I did. He knew what I, I, He knew it would happen eventually. I didn't understand that. I'm like, <laughs> not me. I eat sleep and breathe wrestling, man. I'll never burn out, bro. Yeah. Well a few years later I was like, no nah, man, no, nah, this, this stinks, that stinks, this ain't right, that ain't right. You know how you get after a while. So anyways, and you had to you had to <laughs> you have to go away and you have to come back fresh again. But uh, uh you know what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Anyways, Tracy Tracy always told me my point of the story
1: was Tracy always told me that you when you leave You have to cut it off. And if you talk to people, they'll tell you right now that they're still, I'm coming out of the woodwork to a lot of people. I wasn't on Facebook. I wasn't on Twitter. The Sports Fix, my radio show was on, but me, I didn't have any personal social media. Nobody, no, basically from May of 2011 until March of 2015, very few people in the wrestling business saw me or heard from me except for the people that were actually close to me outside of wrestling. So when I started popping back up, you know, people are, you know, you get back in touch with everything and all of that, but that was part of it because when you're trying to stay away from something, when you're, it's not like I wanted to quit
2: wrestling, but
1: I had to and I had to at least cut it back significantly. So. Like and then as I'm putting on weight in the radio stations, then it becomes easier to stay awake because you don't want people to see you looking like that, you know. So then it's easy to not want to go wrestle. But part of it is cutting people off and just cutting the business off, not following shows or anything. So I didn't follow a lot of stuff and and uh, but man, now I do, you know, because I'm doing an hour of cardio a day on top of all the rest of my workout stuff. So usually that hour on the elliptical it's straight wrestling. I'll pop it up on YouTube. I've got a whole cardio playlist and I just go find stuff and add it to it and I'm just just watching stuff all the time but i have you know obviously NXT love watching NXT I think that's just a, a hot little show you know and and just the way it's put on because what's so awesome is everybody acts like it's new. Like they say, what's old is new again. That's just the old school <laughs> pro wrestling show with some fancy graphics and some updated move sets, but that's old school pro wrestling right there with squash matches and build up to the main events and all that stuff and and their little, you know, it's the crowd, it's funny because it's just like the ECW arena, same crowd, every show, always doing the same stuff, but then you, you hypnotize the fans like Paulie did and then they take it out on the road and they do the chants and stuff. So, there's tons of energy there. I like watching that. I like watching Lucha underground because it's unique the way it's shot and stuff like that. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of that style. Cause I just think Lucha misses a lot of stuff, so, you know, moves and stuff, but whatever stuff is, it's a different thing. And I don't like some of those guys that I think are spotty without a purpose. Like if you're, it's the one thing to be spotty and know how to use it and put it in different places, like AJ Styles, and then there's you know guys that just do spots because that's what they do. and And I get it, that's what some people do. But but I love the production of Lucha Underground. I think it's just like a totally different looking show because it's not a wrestling show. It's made for a, a television channel and it's made by a, a a reality TV show guy. So you know you got that. Love watching some New Japan stuff. You know I've got to, I'm not gonna lie. I got a bootleg subscription to the, uh, to the new Japan world. And uh, (laughs) thank you very much, my friend. And anyways, uh, uh, I like to check that out. Obviously, you know, Wrestle Kingdom with with Jim Ross and Stryker doing the commentary was pretty good because then you could watch it and get the American commentary. But I mean, wrestling in general, I don't want to say it's hot because I think that's a fallacy that wrestling is hot because business is not up for TNA or ring of honor or any of these places. And so but wrestling among wrestling fans is hot again. Like all of a sudden, this fan, fan base is energized by what they're seeing. So it makes going to these shows better. It makes watching these shows better. So wrestling has a feeling of being hot, even though I, I will disagree that the business itself is hot because the money is not showing it. But the fan base, for some reason, is, is definitely more motivated and, and better. So wrestling itself, the in-ring stuff, is definitely at a pretty high level. But, I mean, I love all those shows. How about you guys? I mean, I like to watch a little bit of everything.
0: <laughs> oh, we're definitely... We, 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 we've we gotten to the point where we split out that we have, like, a show recap for everything that comes on Wednesday night between Lucha, Ring of Honor, and uh, and even Impact... Exactly.
1: All of them Wednesday uh, night, everything. you
0: know, they all out there. And Chikara just announced that they're going to do a Wednesday night show on YouTube. So it just it's getting ridiculous out there. And between that and and seeing uh, uh, myself, I just like I said I was up for AIW, my first ever in person AIW show uh, a couple weeks ago, and seeing how hot that literally hot actually that room was. And uh, and 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 these baseball field shows that seem to be drawing pretty okay for the most part um, up there in Niles, Ohio, for instance. Uh, it's it, it it's it's really nice. It's a really nice time to be a wrestling fan. I think as a as a watcher. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't seem like the numbers are there. It's just we're all celebrating, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, I think the the potential's there. I do think that potential is there for a boom in the business for mm-hmm. sure. Like because you got the right pieces in place. You know, I think obviously you got to get more characters that connect you know, with the, with the audience, it's not just, it's got nothing to do. If it's, if it was about moves, then, you know, a lot of these guys that you see on the indies would be, would be, you know, in bigger places. Like there's a reason that, People don't connect because it's not about that. People don't pay to see five star matches. They'll pay to see somebody they hate wrestle somebody they love in a five star match. Now that's a little bit different, but mm-hmm. they don't, they don't buy it for the hype of, Hey, this is going to be a great wrestling match. And that does not demean wrestling. Cause I, you know, obviously the in-ring part of it carries it, but the people, you, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Exactly. You know, that business works you understand that one one without the other is independent. So that's why mm-hmm. I say guys that are too spotty. Like, I was at a show the other day, and these guys had this tag team match. I don't even remember who it is. It doesn't matter. I'm, it was just it, uh, four indie guys had a great, hard-working tag team match, but they worked way too hard. Like, mm-hmm. they were just doing stuff in the wrong places and like during their heat, they did stuff that was bigger than the stuff they did later. And I'm like, well, that's why people didn't react because you did this here and that there. All the stuff they did was great. And if they had somebody like an agent in the back, like you would have, if you worked at you know, WWE or something or whatever, and where they could move that stuff around and a guy like William Regal could go move this here, move that there, get rid of that, do this, less is more, boom. And then these, you make these guys look awesome. That's what I used to love about doing those four ways. And those were Norm's favorite things to stick me in because I would have the structure. And he knew that he could give me 12 guys that need to get stuff in and we could put this thing together and everybody says what they want to do. And then I ask them. They'll tell you. I sit there and go, boom, we'll move this here, we'll move that there. You do this, you do that. Boom, boom, boom. You throw him on top of all of us, dog and pony show, everybody goes home <laughs> happy. You know? and, and boom, we would go out there and, and do it. And some of those matches were just so fun, man. But, but that's it. It's just knowing, then taking the guys that know how to do this stuff and then having somebody that knows when to do it. That's when you have those mm-hmm. awesome matches. You know, it's not always when you put two high spot guys in the ring together. It's when you put one in the ring with somebody else who's the base form that knows how to make that guy look like the superstar that he should be. That's why I've always said one guy that I wish I had been able to work, not just a match, but a program with was m Dog because mm-hmm. I worked matches with him. But never anything where you're invested. And I never got to book a promotion that had TV with m Dog because to me, not, not so much anymore because there's more guys that do what he does now. But when he started out with JT and Cleveland All-Pro, there were not a lot of guys that physically did what he could physically do. And I thought you could just market him as a human freaking highlight reel and do like Paulie used to do, just show off. The stuff that he does right, hide the fact that he can't chain-wrestle and can't do all this other stuff, and you can make a superstar out of this kid. Man, that mm-hmm. was one that I always wished I could work with, whether it was in the office or whether it was in the ring, because I just thought he nobody's ever taken advantage. And now he's still great, but there's a lot of guys that that do all that. You know right. what I mean? That do right. that at level of athletics, whereas he was really cutting-edge for his time when he was coming up in, like, what was it, 2000. Four or whenever that was that he was coming
0: up, right, right, exactly. At least he's getting his due a little bit here in Lucha Underground, and uh, and uh, good, good, to, good to see that. Um, you, you talk about that <laughs> well, he doesn't talk for himself. Don't I you know. Dig that, you know? Like I, I kind of <laughs> like the voice thing. We
1: always rib him like, "Hey, who does your voice?" You know?
0: Like,
1: yeah, yeah. But I always thought that was cool when Funaki did it. So I don't right, know. I right. mean, that's the one thing that M Dog does need is is like something like a personality, a, not another personality, not that he could see. He has one backstage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that doesn't come out when he's in front of the people as much. But I like that because then you put a, a character to his move and Luch Underground's giving him a decent, that's the first place that's given him something decent, you know? But I mean, you talked about my tough enough video, really to be honest with you, that video was really just my sales pitch that I was back period in the wrestling business. I dressed it up as tough enough because I figure hell, it's like scratching off a, a quarter of a million-dollar lottery ticket. But that was mostly a promo, and it worked. It was seen by 15,000 people on all the different places that it was on to show fans. I'll tell you what, I added tons. I maxed out my friends list, had to clear it out, and maxed out again uh, of people that found me because of that. It really helped me get my wrestling started again but that tough enough thing is a joke man i mean just mm-hmm. like i said let you know hunter hunter you know and, and m dog they they can't find spots for these creatives got nothing for these guys and, and you know <laughs> and look at the clown shows that they put through i was i swear i watched last night after was it last night after it went off the air yeah they yeah. showed the replay after it all went off the air and that was the first actual part of the show that i watched and i said man this show is. The show is not
2: good. The, no show, wonder it's not the show is great, crap, but- and the and the
0: people they picked. I feel like they pe- picked these people to yeah. lose. Like the only one with any kind of personality is Easy, and I don't know how he's going to carry in a wrestling ring. You know. I mean, at them all. I'll tell you what. To me, I would take uh, what's his name, Patrick Clark,
1: before most of the rest of them. Oh yeah. Man, oh yeah. He's got passion, you know. Oh yeah. does like, not telling you about it either. He thinks he's you know nobody else knows about wrestling, but he's got passion at least for the business. But all those. All those people, none of them are going to make it. I mean, the dude with the Mohawk, and I don't even know their names, the big muscle-up dude, okay, <laughs> great. If he was on the Indies, he would stand out. I don't know right. how much he's going to stand out there, but the big guys are a dime a dozen in the mm-hmm. WWE. I mean, even if you get over for a couple of weeks because you squash a guy or like Ryback right at first, like Ryback right now is better. Ryback right at first was, you know, squash him and, and be done with it. If you do that, you'll get over until they stop the push, and then you'll be done. Because I don't think any of these people are – Probably going to make it. But, I mean, look at the, the talent evaluation. Alone. I mean, look at this one. Hey, guys like B- Brian Bowers, uh, uh, um, uh, Cassidy Stone, the kids from Up Your Way, uh, uh, some of these other guys that had their videos on there. I went with a- many of these guys, but they wanted nothing to do with indie wrestlers or any of that. And I think indie wrestler was probably the kiss of death for most people for this thing because they wanted what they've got, which is this this little, I don't know, big brother meets
0: real world
1: <laughs> with the wrestling ring. I don't know, man. And Billy oh, Gunn man. acting like badass, you know, he's, come on, man. Everybody that coaches that show turns into Taz. What the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs>
2: like,
1: all of a sudden, Billy Gunn's in this girl's face. I'll put my life in your hands. You either get it or you get out of my ring. And I'm like, come on, Billy Gunn, man. Uh, like, yeah, really, like?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is. It, it, it's it's it. so tough. You gotta,
1: gotta be tough, but they're phony TV <laughs> tough. And, and then the panel, The panel's great. Paige is sitting there, you know, and I get it. She's been a wrestler her whole life, but, you know, just, and Hogan, they're all getting over their own thing on the panel and watching this thing. And they're trying to mix up a recorded show with a live show. And it just doesn't, Mm -hmm. I don't know. just It It, just doesn't work for me, man. But they don't know how to evaluate talent come on, they let Michael Hutter go become the crown jewel <laughs> of TNA, man.
0: <laughs> Who maybe, in some some's opinion, may be single-handedly carrying TNA at this point. So I think that says that, a lot.
1: That, that match that with Kurt Angle was the first thing I had watched in a while. I usually only watch Hutter stuff because, no offense, if you're listening, don't fire Michael Hutter for this, but the show sucks. And it sucked for so long that it can't be fixed. But although, I thought... I watched that whole show, the night Mike won the belt, and I said, man, that was a hell of a show. It was a good uh, 30-minute match with the tag team match, and the the main event was awesome, and Kurt Angle, boom, one, two, three in the middle of the ring with a wrestling move, and I said, boy, now this could be a new day. And then the ratings come out, and they were worse than they were the week before, and it just proved right there that it doesn't matter how much TNA even tries to be better. They're dead in the water and there's nothing they can do about it and it sucks because now they're actually trying to fix it but i think it it's just too little too late but man he is he is the best thing that that place has got man and the good thing is is that he will definitely Survive beyond that. And I hate it. All these guys that go, man, I hope TNA goes out of business, you're idiots. Because <laughs> the very jobs force as it is, you want to knock out another 30 jobs. They may not get paid, but it's still a job. And it's still on TV. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I get it that checks don't always clear, but you know what? They didn't clear an ECW either. And you guys were still <laughs> chanting ECW 15 years later. I don't think they'll be chanting TNA 15 years later. And, and, and
0: Vince <laughs> is still making money off the name. So uh, there you go. His investment uh-huh. back then worked in well. So. Uh-huh.
1: I was joking with somebody. I said, if, if Vince got the w, WCW library for like $2 million and some ads, and he got the, the ECW library for like, I don't know, a million dollars or something, what is TNA's library worth? 57 cents and a cup of coffee, man? <laughs> like, just saying in comparison to those vaunted tape libraries is what I'm saying. TNA's right. got a great library. right? But, you know, you know, so cause, you know, know, so my son was asking me, you think WWE would buy it? I'm like, for what? Like, for what? They've got a better company in their developmental system, and right. that's a
0: shame, right. but that'll show... TNA should be what NXT is. Right. Exactly. Hell, Ring of Honor should be to a certain point.
1: Well, both of them. And if they were, there'd be more jobs and more places mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll never forget that night, brothers, March, whatever it was, 2001, sitting on my couch with my brother and some friends and going, hey, this is like when Pepsi would buy a Coke or something like this. This is the most biggest, awesome thing ever. And because you're stupid, I was three years in the wrestling business and I didn't realize that I literally watched 150 jobs just disappear from the wrestling business, never mm-hmm. to be seen again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this is the point where I usually ask, what's the best and worst thing about indie wrestling? But I think you have answered all those questions already. <laughs> I, talk, I, I do talking for a living. I do two hours of talk radio, a day for a living.
1: So I've occasionally grabbed the microphone at a wrestling show and said a word or two otherwise. So... Um, Sorry if I took over your. No, readings. it's no problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's
0: no problem. You are a break after I just did four hours of podcasting, so this is fine. <laughs> this is absolutely fine. Um, it's a- you know what I can't wait, man, to get up to Pittsburgh. Seriously, I am back up there
1: this this weekend, and it is mm-hmm. the first time even in the area since that show for IWC. And if you don't count that, the last time I was there was the day I threw the fireball at Ray Rowe years ago when I was uh, when I showed up for one night only. Like, Sabu, lights went out. J-Rock threw the fireball. Yep. Um, I don't even remember how long ago that was, but it was when McChesney and Ray were wrestling each other. So it's been a long time. I can't wait to get up there. I have no idea. I hear that this Altobar place is cool, and I'm wrestling a guy. You guys tell me about this guy. Jack Pollock. I hear he's a oh, Pittsburgh guy. Oh, yes. Out. Bowers tells me good things about him, but... I, I i'm I'm excited, I like working guys for the first time, so mm-hmm. I've got Jack Pollock here coming to Pittsburgh man what do I got in store for me?
0: you got um he he's he, i know he doesn't like look at like he's just kind of this ginger long beard hippie looking guy for the most part uh but no he he's great in the ring he's very entertaining um he, he he's fun on the mic i think uh, I think you're going to have a good time with this guy
1: I've seen a couple things and mm-hmm. i I'm excited. Mm-hmm. And I've already had a couple of people go, "Hey man, you and Jack Pollock has a chance to steal this show." And I said, "All right, man. Well, that's cool because I'm ready to go do it." But I, I love getting a chance to do. You know, that's cool because sometimes you get stuck in that rut. Uh, luckily, I've never really done it. But you know, yeah, sometimes, sometimes guys have only wrestled the same people their whole lives. Like, right. or you do it a lot. You're always wrestling the same people. I love getting out of that, man. And and this is part of coming back. Is that. I get to team up with my friends every once in a while. Like I've got a little reunion of the Cleveland Mafia coming up, and I've got a match with EC3 coming up. So that's fun. I just did a thing with McChesney, but I get to wrestle guys like Brian Bowers and guys like Jack Pollock here coming up. and That's cool to me because those guys didn't exist four years ago, and so there's like a whole crop of these young guys that I can get out there and and see if I can make them give it up one time.
0: Awesome, man. That's with um, the American Revolution Wrestling. Uh, you're going to be a part of this here in Pittsburgh against Alderbar this Saturday.
1: Yeah, main event is the Greek god Papadon against Pittsburgh's own franchise, Shane Douglas. And nice. Papadon, I don't know if you guys know him, but Papadon is very good, and he's new to the area as far as he's not a regular up there, so I think that'll be really good. And, well, Marty, Marty Bell's on the show. Uh, she's wrestling I think Solo Diamond is the name of her opponent. And I know a lot of Pittsburgh guys, uh, Generation Dead's on the show. I couldn't tell you which combination, but they're mm-hmm. on the show. Purple Rain's on the show. Um, Brian Bowers, Jack Pollock. Brian Bowers is wrestling uh, Bobby Beverly from here in Ohio. Um, that should be a good one. So that'll be a lot of fun. I'll tell you what, ARW's got some big shows coming up at the end of the month. Like, mm-hmm. They've got Pittsburgh Saturday, but five days later starting on the 31st they've got a three-day tour here they've got Hart coming in vader uh Lita, rhino ray Rose in for the weekend uh, shane douglas matter of fact i'm wrestling shane douglas in chicago which i'm i'm pretty stoked about that because a nice. i've never wrestled in chicago before uh not even before and uh so it's a, a new place to go and it's cool it's at that odium expo center where ecw ran the pay-per-view before and uh Big ECW town and Shane's a big, you know, ECW legend. And plus all these years I've wrestled for Shane Douglas at the at the Hardcore Homecoming and I've been like in stuff with him but never against each other. So I'm like totally stoked. Very rare. I've been doing this sixteen years. So it's very rare that I get to wrestle somebody that's done it longer than I have. So I'm like totally stoked to just like listen to Shane tell me what to do instead of usually, you know, the other way around. And I'm looking forward to that. And like I said, the next day here in Cleveland, Ray and I, one-night reunion of the Cleveland Mafia. Hanson is loaning out the war machine to me. So <laughs> that's going uh, to be a lot of fun. I'm working with the FBI, Tracy and Guido, on Sunday in Dayton. And then I'm coming back to you guys' area. I think uh, they're doing an eye-pay-per-view, I think, right off of the ARW site. But I'm getting reunited with my old friend, Jake the Snake Robber. Oh, no. oh
2: boy, no, boy. no. No, Herma no, no. Moore-
0: La- yeah. That's the, that's the last yeah. time you were on, wasn't it? Well, Actually, this, I think there's two times you were on. Because the one time you came on yeah. was your incident with Jake Roberts where I think he was drunk in the ring. And I remember just sitting back and you just went for a half an hour. And I don't think we said a word ed- edgewise.
1: <laughs> you know, let me tell you a story I've never told in public before. <laughs> it's part of my comeback. No, it's part of my comeback. Okay. I'm a part. I'm a part of the movie, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. I was called last year, early last year, by Steve Yu. He's DDP's television producer guy who does all of his little, he did the Arthur vignettes and all that stuff for DDP Yoga. Steve's a great guy. Steve's a filmmaker. And he was making, they. you know, they moved Jake into the house and they moved Scott Hall into the house. Well, they were documenting the whole thing. They put Big Brother cameras up everywhere, documented all of that stuff, and they were making a movie. And they brought in, my Have you guys seen the, the, the words about it? Like, it's been reviewed at some movie festivals and stuff. Mm-hmm. Stone Cold, Chris Jericho, Edge, Jim Ross, myself, uh, some other guys. There's like eight or nine talking heads that did this. uh Jim Duggan, Mean Gene Okerlund. Uh, DDP and Scott Hall, and they did the talking head stuff. They brought me down to DDP's house. I spent the weekend at the mansion down there, and they uh, had me do about six hours of sit-down interview about that whole everything, and not just about that, but like about Jake and all this other stuff and all of that, and while I was there, they hooked me up as part of a thing with some DDP yoga, and I started doing that, and then I got some tips on changing my diet while I was down there, so that actually went a long way towards me completely overhauling my lifestyle, and I started doing the DDP yoga regularly. I'm a religious DDP yoga guy. If you do it, I'm telling you, your life will never be the same. He doesn't pay me to say this, but (laughs) I literally feel 15 years younger because of DDP yoga. It It fixed my knees. It fixed my hips. I mean, losing 100 pounds helps too, but it helped me lose that 100 pounds. I would not have done it without doing DDP yoga. I'm not even joking. I had no idea it was that good. And it, I can swear by it because I still do it to this day. But anyways, because of what happened with Jake years ago, and it really started to sour me on the business. That was one of the reasons that, that I started to have the addicts because that whole thing was stupid. And then it was dumb. I don't even want to talk about it again. Everybody's part in that was dumb. Mine is JT, all of us. It just was stupid, whatever. And, I wish it never happened. And I told them that on camera. I said that if there's one night of my life that I wish I could get rid of, it was that because it was just terrible and it was disrespectful. And I really do believe in respect and that has always bothered me. So they, they were glad to have me down there. I did that kind of cleared my conscience on that whole, not cleared my conscience, but just got that off. And, and, and so anyway, and it was cool because they showed me some of the footage, which has now become public that at the time people thought Jake was a hundred percent clean and there was some some footage that was contrary to that that now people know that it's an up and down journey because he's fallen off the wagon a couple of times. But oh, yeah. he really is uh much, much improved over where he was at that time that he was in Cleveland, you know. Everybody stumbles a little bit, but I mean he's lost a hundred pounds or whatever. He's back in game shape and he you can see when he talks that he's back right. to being The old Jake Roberts mentally that, you know, you can see that sharpness in the back. So, you know, when I was asked, hey, do you have a problem working with him? And I said, no, man. I said, as long as the conditions that were there before don't match now, I'd love it. Because think about it. They call it his resurrection. But doggone it, that thing came full circle for me, too. Because five years ago, it was 2010 when that happened in July of 2000, August or excuse me of 2010. August of 2015, five years later, we come full circle and like, I'm starting over again. He's doing the whole thing again. I'm like, man, yeah. And I even got a text message from DDT's guy. He said, Hey, are you working with Jake in August? And I said, well, I was asked and I said, i would totally cool with it. And he said, well, it came up at a meeting and there was some questions about it. And I said, man, no way he's got nothing to worry about. Trust me, man. Like, cause you know, I mean, there could be bad feelings oh, from yeah. what happened before, but, but yeah, it was just a funny text. And I said, man, I'm totally happy. I love it. I feel good. Let's go out here and do it. So that's going to be kind of cool. And that's a, another one of those old UCW buildings. That's that, uh, Johnstown War Memorial, and then the next day, he's got Jake and Tommy Dreamer and uh, Mickey James and a bunch of other guys at the baseball stadium, Washington. That's not far from Pittsburgh, right? Washington, PA? Right. Is it? I think it's like an hour outside of
0: Pittsburgh. Right, right, yeah. It's it? about 45 minutes an hour out, yeah. Yeah, the baseball
1: team there, the wild things, it's right. part of that. It's right. them, but... He's got one of those brawls. He's got three of those. He's got one here in Avon, outside of Cleveland. He's got the Washington brawl brawls ballpark, and then he's got one in Florence, Kentucky, coming up in the beginning of September. But uh, and those are pretty fun shows. But, awesome. Uh, awesome. But anyway, yeah, man, me and Jake the Snake, what is up with that, man? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's come full circle. J Rock, thank you so much. Uh, it's been an entertaining show. Uh, it's been an entertaining I hour. Your
1: show man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh check you out uh am A- A- uh am rev is the website to check out the shows he's on with that group and of course uh plug real quick your twitter is your radio show everything where can people find you all over I'm on Twitter at, oh man, it's such a stupid, I made this thing up literally
1: <laughs> so I could find out if LeBron was going to leave the Cavs in 2010, and then I did it for four years. Like honestly, that was why I got on Twitter, but, uh, uh, it's J-Rock, J-R-O-C-C, King o Cleve. Yes, it's retarded, man, and I can use that <laughs> word because I'm talking about myself, but, uh, um, usually if you start typing in J-Rock, it'll pop up for right. you, but, uh, J-R-O-C-C, King O-C-L-E-V-E is my Twitter. I do the Sports Fix. Um, If you guys can find me on Facebook there, my name, Jerry Myers, you can find my personal profile. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. They'll see me at shows and all that. I'm in PWR, uh, Erie, every month. Uh, Matter of fact, I'm there Sunday. They've got a special show there. So I'm doing Pittsburgh Saturday night and staying up in PA and then just doing the show on Sunday. But PWR is a great little promotion. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. They're buried in Erie, so nobody like outside of Erie gives them any pays any attention to them. But they pack the building every month. Red hot fans. They, I'm telling you, man, uh, they have a great little thing going.
0: We brought this up fans. with McChesney, It was on a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, I ended up at one of their shows. That we uh, up in Erie for our uh, 10 year anniversary, wedding anniversary, and uh, we ended up at one of their shows just kind of impromptu. So recently, or, or, uh, or when? Th- this was year, this was a year ago, actually. So, and, and also worked, um, I, I did some, some video, one of their shows with, uh, Billy Gunn and, uh, Jerry Lynn on it. Very, very good. Very hot show. Very fun stuff they're doing up there.
1: Oh yeah, man. Yeah. That was back in the day, man. But yeah, mm-hmm. they, you know, it's a good little place there, man. There's a lot of places out here, man. Trying hard. That's the thing. There's still garbage promotions everywhere and all that, but man, and it stinks. I wish they'd all go away, but they never <laughs> will. But you know, there's a lot of good ones out there trying hard, man. And, uh. And, and there's a lot of good indie wrestling out there for people to watch. Like, that is one thing I will say. I don't know about the business, but indie wrestling fans have got a lot of good shows to watch, man, because there's a lot of good talent. And I'll say that I've been since 1998, and I can honestly say that the level of the good independent wrestlers is right. better than it's ever been. But there's so much garbage that it waters it down because there's so 90% of these people don't, should not be in a locker room. But the ones that should... Are better than they were five years ago, ten years ago, fifteen years ago. You know.
0: Awesome! Thank you, J Rock, so much for joining us again.
1: <laughs> you can have your show back. You can have right. your show back.
0: I want to find about five minutes to talk about how my weekend went and uh, <laughs> oh my go. God. T- just
1: give it up one time. Give man. it up That's one
0: time. Give it up. Thank Mark. you so much, J Rock. Check him out. In the meantime, go go check out everything else going on at Sorgatron Media, and we'll be right back with a little bit of a show. <laughs> I want to ask Chris if she's if you're just like breaking out and Chachi plays plugs like in the middle of the night, you know, <laughs> sleep charging. And she's just like she's like <laughs> reaching over and like I know I know I'll donate in the morning.
1: You know, typically speaking, by the way, that was, like, my biggest fear was, like, if a microphone even got within, like, 100 yards of me, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to combust right now. Like, this is the end of my life.
2: I don't know if uh, indie wrestling shows uh, had uh, wealthy patrons who uh, earned their money selling LSD all, all up and
0: down the West uh, Coast. That I don't was, know about in Pittsburgh, but I'm sure somewhere there is. Uh, that
2: was that was the case for The Grateful Dead. Like, uh, TV. I like the Hype Bros. Like, I like the movie Batman and Robin. Are they a good tag team? No. No. But are they entertaining and campy? Yes. No. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: yeah, Mojo Raleigh is essentially NXT's bat nipples. Chachi Plays for Kids is coming back again, the twenty-four-hour game a thon for youth arts programs in Pittsburgh. August 7th and 8th at the Toonsium or join us live. ChachiPlays.com Find out how you can make a difference to and donate today. ChachiPlays.com Down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A, B-A, start! Yeah! So yeah, that's everything going on. Check out SorgatronMedia.com So, I was going (laughs) to say it went long. It's J-Rock. That's how he rules, and uh, <laughs> I knew it was going to be a very uh, easy night for us on the Indie Mayhem show. But I did want to touch on—I I got uh, I, mean, I got a very surprise um, uh, kind of request to do a show this weekend. Um oh, yeah. And you know, uh, we've been talking a little bit. You know, I'm I'm not taking on too many wrestling gigs other than what uh, my card's full, right? But <laughs> uh, I had the chance to go check out Northeast Wrestling new. So when he said on the text that you know, I was gonna get a new shirt and he capitalized, I thought he was just being clever. But it actually <laughs> says new on it. So uh, I was I was very excited about that. This is one of those baseball shows and we talked about I don't know if we talked on here or where or are off and uh, uh, but uh 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 you know, the GFW just did a bunch of uh, baseball shows up in the area in Erie and Cleveland. This was in Niles, Ohio, which for me was really uh, – we talked about this a little bit on the Power Hour, so you can get a little bit of the personal side of things, but it's kind of an old stomping grounds for me. So it was really cool to go back because they have a ball field by the mall now, and this is where they did that. That sounds weird probably to most people, but that's how that went. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so it was a ball field show, uh, and, and uh, I got to do uh, the, the ringside. Actually, I got to do the entire camera setup. Uh, because apparently they just set up a camera that I'm running ringside and I have to go hit record, run up there and, and, and that's it. This, it was a fun show. It was absolutely a fun show. Uh, you can go check it out right now. Northeast Uh, the DVD is actually up for sale right now. So that's cool. Uh, I'm sitting there at ringside. I'm like, DVD will be available Tuesday. I'm like, I'm not editing this. So, okay. i going to do that, I guess. So I hope I do a good job here. Uh, my one man video team, but, uh, it was fun. It was fun. Uh, it, this is this is the card. I don't know if you looked at this thing, Amen, yet. Uh, but we had uh Mickey James versus Tessa Blanchard. And uh I'll get to that in a moment. Uh I'm just picking up the big stuff here. Uh Kevin Nash and Magnus teamed up with uh somebody called the Cam Ann Connection. Uh did, do I know who Die Jack is? Diamond Die Jack,
2: yeah, uh, he
0: works for Ring of Honor currently. I thought he was a uh, Ring of Honor guy. I am a huge fan of him after last weekend. <laughs> oh, no, he's fantastic.
2: Yeah, he was amazing. He's really
0: good. He was. I mean, he was very. He took on um, uh, Caleb Conley, uh, and 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 he was you know one of the bad guy and stuff. But like by the time it was done, it was like. He gets up on the road. He won the match. And he gets up and like the guy. Everybody like I heard like guys behind me in, in the front row like, that was awesome. And he's like <laughs> I, he's like I know. I was like yes, perfect. Uh, so no, I am now a a, a huge fan of DiJack after that match. Uh, Jerry Lawler, Dylan Bostic, which I would say is one of the best wrestling matches uh, I've seen. I'll get to that in a moment. And of course, Matt Hardy yeah. <laughs> against Funny. That we mentioned him Warbeard Hansen. Nice. So it ties it together. There was not a bad match. Even like the the no name people. I presume they just kind of run with the Fed on here. Were very good, uh, top to bottom. First of all, coming down the line. First, Mickey James. Um, mm-hmm. I will mark out a little bit at this point because I. I it was this close to uh, working a show with Mickey James. I think last year uh, for Meadville for the Superstar show, and then she mm-hmm. had to go get pregnant with some guy named Magnus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, it was really cool to, to have a chance to work with her. And, uh, yes, she touched me. Um, no, no, she, she she slid out of the ring and, and she, you know, kind of studied herself on my back and everything. Uh, but, no, really super awesome. Tessa Blanchard, uh, really awesome to see her for the first time. I don't think I've even seen a video with her uh, knowingly uh, or anything. But uh, to, to talk with her a little bit, just a really cool person. Uh, I, I'm hoping about reach out to her about uh, maybe coming on the show because I think we'd have a lot of fun with her, too. And uh, and I know you. That's somebody you've been you've been following a little bit too, right? Definitely, she's been someone that's
2: uh, breaking out. I think a bit, uh, obviously, name recognition wise. Uh, uh, she's been working pretty much everywhere now. So uh, she she yeah she's uh, she's great. She seems to be a one one of the people that is on that trajectory towards uh, uh, WWE. Uh, it seems because it seem she did like like in her. First couple months, I know she did like early work as like uh, as like a reoccurring rosebud, right? Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, she's been doing some really great stuff.
0: So, so she's on the radar. So that's really good to see. She's at least on the radar with WWE. So hopefully, we see her in like an NXT sooner or later too. So, mm-hmm. um, aside from that, like I said, I mentioned briefly the Jerry Lawler versus Dylan Bostic, Uh You know, Bostack comes out. It, Bostic is a, is a guy that I've been. Uh, I'm kind of flip floppy on. Um, like I always feel like and this this is no you know I'm kind of figuring out I'm a fan of Dylan I, I, I first that that's out there um <laughs> but it always feels like his entrance is flat to me, you know what I mean? And uh he came out, did this thing, uh Jerry got in the ring and they both got on the mic, of course, and you know, they put over the hole he's the Justin Bieber or he's friends with Justin Bieber. I love him yelling, Justin Bieber's my friend, stop saying bad stuff about him. <laughs> and uh and, 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 and if you've never seen him and Ray Lynn come out, they always like have a too long kiss, like in the entrance or in the ring or something before the match. This became hmm. like the crux of the entire match, right? Because uh, uh, Jerry's making fun of them, you know, doing the Jerry Lawler thing, and uh, and I, I gotta say, ten times he would stop in the middle of a match, uh, uh, Dylan Bostic, and uh, and go make out with his girl, and just the crowd was hating it more and more. It was just the greatest heat I've seen in a match for a very very long time. Um, Jerry Lawler, guys still going, guys still drop kicking, taking backdrops, and every time I'm like. Damn it, Jerry, don't have a heart attack in front of me. Um but but he was just absolutely tremendous and uh really cool to work with. Once again, I've done a couple of shows with him at this point. Um, and uh Hardy versus uh Hansen was was amazing. Uh nobody knew who Hansen was, I don't think. They just kept, you know, they they, they announced him as Warbeard, but like I really I don't think anybody there knew who he was for the most like, you know, majority wise cuz I think it was very general uh wrestling fans there obviously for for the stars and everything smooth show great pacing really top notch I, I i i hear things about how great, uh global force wrestling is going in these ball ball field shows first of all my biggest issue as i pull up my selfies here um mm-hmm. but my biggest issue with global force wrestling versus this and i actually talked with I, I think it was tessa i was talking with i was like yeah global force doesn't put seats by the ringside and she's like, that—that's freaking weird, you know? I'm like, that—I'm yeah. like, that's not good for you guys, right? And it's like, no, no, absolutely not. And there's there's my uh, uh, self-igniting selfie in front of that. Yeah, all the seats out there, uh, and there's actually a couple fans already hanging out early, early uh, after the gates opened. But uh, really cool setup. And I mean, stands are never full, so you, it's always hard because you're like, you're not going to fill even these small stadiums with wrestling fans. Period. There were definitely, yeah. I mean, there were definitely fans there in that in the hundreds. I can give you a number. I, I, my guess is five six hundred people, but you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how that that, that kind of compares. But uh, but really good, uh, really good. Uh, uh, the promoter was really awesome, and. Uh, um, um, I'm going to butcher his name this late at night when I'm recording this, so I'm not going to say it. But go check them out, NortheastWrestling.com. Um, they're doing shows all over. They're going to be in uh, Connecticut. They're going to be. I think they're mostly based out of Connecticut. It sounds like everybody came from it. Actually, they got a lot going on. in Connecticut. I'm looking at their DVDs, not their events. That's the problem. And they're doing a lot of these ball field shows. Uh, Massachusetts, New York, and Fishkill. I think that that's the one that's close to uh, Mad Mike coming up here. Has has Young Bucks and Rey Mysterio on the card? Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Uh, a lot of Connecticut, Williamsport, PA. Uh, so they travel around a bit. So it's really cool to see uh, that going on. Plus, the American Revolution is doing these ball field shows as well. That seems to be the cool thing to do. And uh, I, I'm interested to see how they're doing because they have all kinds of crazy big names on their shows too. And, and how does that compare? These are very basically spot shows, right? And I think then we <coughs> talked about last week kind of your spot shows versus your storylines and what really wins out here, right? Um, Really, it comes down to what makes you the money. So, and, and and discussions I've been having with people, you know, kind of kind of pulls that towards the, you know, the the big star ball field, you know, or the Meadville superstar shows, or, or whatever the case may be. You know, uh, you can. It, it, it's such a battle, isn't it? It's like do we do these shows, uh, dust up all these big names, and that's it, and then we don't actually build something that's mm-hmm. new but we're making money versus let's build something and make this the thing. Like you guys are doing a great job with inspire, for instance, right? That you have a thing that you've made. that's not dependent on even the Ray Rose and Chris heroes coming in. Right. Yeah.
2: So
0: you guys have a, a fan base. So very fun show. Go check it out. Um, and I, I don't know I, that that's it. That, that's one side of it. That's a whole other side of indie wrestling. It's a, it's a lot of fun. So uh, thank, thank you. Thank you to them for having me up there and my new, and my new shirt as you see <laughs> right there. <laughs> Your new new shirt. But no, I, and I do have a shot for you guys on video. Let me pull that up real quick. I took a quick shot of intermission, so it's really kind of emptied out. They get a kind of an idea of the layout here as well, if it ever loads. So there you go. Um, but yeah, they say one of the smaller stadiums. That's cool. So with that, Eamon, well, hey, anything up you want to bring up? Anything to touch on? It's it's late. We're on J-Rock time. <laughs> I, I, I think we. I think we got it. Yeah, I'm worn out. I'm worn out, man. Man, he, he, it's it's like this at the shows too. He wears you out. But, uh, <laughs>
2: no, it was awesome. I, I really enjoyed talking with him. And, and why are and, we I mean, still
0: so here? Why why is the ring still up? What's happening? Oh, J Rock's cutting his promo.
2: He's not done yet.
0: <laughs> but no, he's awesome. It was good. To, good to catch up with him as well. I mean, he's one of the guys. One of my one one of the guys that kind of made an impact when uh, when I was kind of getting into watching indie wrestling back in 2007 and i know he dropped a 1998 in there so so mid-career at this point for him so that's awesome thank you so much for that amen plug something
2: plug something uh com is where you can find my ventures in the uh indie wrestling world uh i said it on the mayhem show but we just announced that our battle war show is returning uh this september uh featuring the stars of shakar pro wrestling so that's very exciting stuff, and you should be a part of that. And tickets go on sale for that this Friday around noon, so noon Central Standard Time, Woo. so one PM Eastern Time, uh, one PM Sword Time. Uh, so yeah, definitely go uh, check that out and go uh, see what we're doing down here in Texas.
0: Awesome. As a fan, I will be at the Gathering of the Juggalos. I'm going. I'm leaving after I have finished all the podcast work. <laughs> and had a few hours of sleep, and I'm heading out there to Columbus or near Columbus, actually, and there'll be bloody mania, there'll be oddball wrestling, there'll be women's wrestling. I got at least three nights of wrestling ahead of me here that all starts at about one in the morning. So watch your Instagrams, watch your Twitters. Sorgatron is the is the name across the board on all my social medias. You will be seeing stuff from me over the next several days, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. Last week we saw Kaiju Big Battle the first night. There's no wrestling the first night. I'm so sad. What Bez am I going to do? Morning. Watch music play? I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, hey, hey, the first night after the wrestling, we went and saw Head P.E. and he got a fist fight in the crowd. So it kind of continued. So Kind of works. And got that on the internet, too. What's up? But uh, also, I'm kind of surviving around that and finishing up the final touches. Just got a couple quick, quick changes uh, for the uh, Legend of Virgil and his traveling merchandise table available for pre-order. Currently, you can save 20% over at joe-dobrowski.com. Oh, this is magical, sir. Absolutely magical. Uh, so please go check that out. Digital downloads will be available also on PittsburghWrestling.com and the upcoming IndieWrestling.us as well. Uh, I got to hang out for an afternoon in Virgil's living room.
2: <laughs> living and the dream.
0: There you go. <laughs> That's living the living the million-dollar dream, baby. So And uh, all kinds of other stuff coming up. But we'll, we'll, I'll tell you about Bloody Mania was and everything next week. Next week, we are actually scheduled to have... Chris the Joseph of Lucha Underground. He's he's <laughs> rubbing excited. his hands over there, uh, and and he is scheduled actually to join us on both shows. So please tune in at nine p.m. We're actually probably going to start with the interview with Indie Mayhem Show, and uh, he's supposed to hang out with us on Wrestling Mayhem Show for just the general wrestling talk. I can't wait. So I'm excited. I'm debating whether or not to drop any questions about Big Dick Johnson in this one. Um, I feel like it's going to be a challenge and I think I want to take myself up to the challenge to not bring it up, but we'll see how that goes. It could be a fun drinking game. Uh, but anyways, uh, so, so, so looking forward to that uh, next week and there'll be a uh, Lucha underground week here on, I have a week to catch up. I'm bringing Lucha ground with me, Lucha underground with me. And I want to watch in the hotel as I fall asleep to try to catch up. I'm up to April. Okay. I'm up to April.
2: You'll okay. make it. I'll You'll make it. make
0: it. We'll see. It's, I still got to watch Pro Wrestling vs. Zombies tonight so we can get back the wheels. (laughs) (laughs) So with that, ORWA has a show this weekend. That's the other reason. Tracy Smothers on three shows Saturday. How is this happening? He has a time splitter. He's on the the altar altar bar show down there. He's in the main event at RWA, so I'm hoping he's on the first matchup down here. And he's gonna be at the match that starts at two in the morning at uh, Bloody Mania, in, in, where I'm going to be at, out two and a half hours away. He's gonna be in a flag burning match with the Rude Boy. Oh my God! He's got a busy. night. He is crazy. He's crazy. If I run him into it into him at the gathering, and he still says I remember you, I'm gonna be freaked out. He is a he's Tracy Smothers that's J-Rock that he's case. Tracy Smothers One he's Tracy TV Smothers side. It's a wide-eyed seven boy you know I want to see if he's still rocking the, the flag after all the controversy lately I think I'm a bigger deal. <laughs> especially Oof, he might get lynched at the gathering anyways with that thank oh. you so much <laughs> why it gets weird there it gets weird it gets real weird Eamon he's the voice of Inspire Pro Wrestling I'm the horse voice of Sogatron Media check out everything <laughs> please support your indie wrestling we'll see you guys there. never said I was Joe is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at SorgatronMedia.com. Hi, everyone. Do you like video games? Do you like reading about video games? Do you like listening to podcasts about video games? Why don't you check out insertcoin to begin.com? New articles going up daily, and you can check out our podcast, Your boss Battle, on SortatronMedia.com.